Welcome to the book club that sure is not your mom's romance book club, but it is my mom's. I'm Ellen, and joining me as always is my mom. Hi, mom. How's it going? Hello, Ellen. It's going very well. Oh, good. Um, not joining us as always is listener Raquel, who is our lucky winner for this cycle. So welcome, Raquel. Hi, Ellen. Hi, mom. <laughs> We're so Hello, happy Raquel. to have you here with us, Raquel. Um, I'm so happy and this to be was- here. Raquel wanted to come on and talk about this particular book. So today we are going to be talking about The Soulmate Equation by Christina Lauren. And later we are going to both get to know Raquel better and reveal more of our No Yomo Beginner's Guide to Reading Romance. But first, Mom, Raquel, what have you been reading and watching? Raquel, do you want to go first as our guest of honor? Oh, sure. Well, after reading Nine Rules to Break When Romancing a Rake, mm-hmm. I read Ten Ways to Be a Door When Landing a Lord, which so you gotta I love the long title. Well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I it was almost a really liked for me. You know, I, yeah. I think that sometimes when you read the books back to back, you notice the plot's similarities or the repetitive phrasing. So that was why it was short of a love, but I really liked Lord Nicholas and I am going to read book three. And yeah. well, I also reread uh, The Soulmate Equation because I had read it back in May when it came out. So mm-hmm. I wanted to be prepared for this grilling interview. Yes, <laughs> yeah. as, as you should be. Uh, was, is this your first time reading that, um, that, series. that series by Sarah McQueen? Yes, it is my first. I'm not that big on historicals. I mean, I like okay. the classics. I mean, I'm a big Jane Austen fan. Mm-hmm. But this is my first time reading Sarah McLean, and I was thinking of reading her new book, like just to compare, like think of the benefit of not having read her entire backlist to see how different her writing is, you know, yeah. 10, well, 15 years apart. Reading the series that comes after this one. Yeah. So finish this series, and then the next series has four books in it. Yeah. They're both really, really good. Yeah. And they're kind of tied together yeah, they are and I don't want to say too much but yes and it's 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 a good it's a good payoff I will yeah. say um okay mom what have you been well I also read I'm not gonna remember this how 10 ways to be adored when landing a lord they're quite mouthy titles they are very um, mouthy yes. it's hard to say fast <laughs> uh, very literate yeah um uh then I read soulmate equation and now I have started um, totally Folked. There you go. Totally by folked. Penny Reed. The the Jackson James book by Penny Reed. Yes. And I'll tell you what, people. I cannot read a Green Valley book without hearing Chris's, Chris Brinkley's voice in my head as I'm reading. <laughs> and so I, I have his accent when people are talking, and yeah. I have his dialogue in my head. So, Chris, yeah. you've ruined me for all other narrators. <laughs> <laughs> especially, yeah, especially on that series. Um Okay, I have been on a bit of a bender. Like, Ellen, like, went nuts. I did go nuts. Well, there were so many good books that came out this week yeah, that I was, a crazy week. was, like, dying to read. So I read Exposed by Kristen Callahan, which is the fourth book in that VIP series, which was Managed, that we read a few weeks podcast. ago. Um, so this one is Brenna and Rye's book. 
I'm going to have a hard time remembering details because it was, you know, like five days ago that I read it. Um, but <laughs> Brenna and Rye's book, and I'm going to say it, you guys. I don't know how other everybody's going to feel about this, but I think Rye is my favorite hero in that series mm. now. Um, Color me intrigued. Topping Gabriel Scott. I really liked Rye a lot. Um, I liked the book. I liked the book, but Rye really made it for me. Then I read Very Sincerely Yours by our very own Carrie Winfrey, um, which she has, like, dubbed her sexy Mr. Rogers book, um, and that is essentially what it is. He's, like, a guy who loves Mr. Rogers and Jim Henson, so he, like, has a puppet, like, a local puppet show for children, and um, falls in love with this cute girl that's in his town, you know, and it's, um, it was really cute. It's very, very cute. Um, and on brand with, like, her other books. Then I read Totally Folked by Penny Reed, which... Raquel, are you much. Raquel, are you a Penny Reed fan? Are you... I you am. Do? Okay. Yeah, my sister's have, been bugging me to read it, but I haven't started it yet. Yeah. Well, I never thought I would see the day where I was thinking that Jackson James might be my favorite Penny Reed hero. Oh, wow. hey, don't say anything. <laughs> I still in the middle. Don't ruin it for me. I don't know. I mean, he's just, he's very sweet. The thing, and like, um, and he's also like a dirty talker, which we know I like. Um, and I don't know. He just really like, I don't know. Maybe there was just also something going on with me this week because, <laughs> um, there was a lot of stuff. There was a lot of heroes that I was like, oh boy, you are. <laughs> so maybe I was just, you know, in a certain. Not to give too much away about today's episode. But... Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, but yeah, Jackson James is a dish. And I'm just really excited for this Green Valley series and where you can start to see where things might be going. And there's a lot of uh, Winston cameos in it. So that was delightful. I really loved the heroine. Um, whose name is escaping me at the... Oh, Ray. Raquel. Um, Raquel. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Is, her, <laughs> is her name. I know. I think I would have gotten that. Um, but they were both great. And um, I saw Penny Reed like, talk about how this book, she was like, it was strange because I usually have like a problem that I want to address or some, some bigger topic that I want to address with my books. And this didn't have that. This was just kind of like two people falling in love and that's really it's true that's what it is way to ruin the ending for me they fall in love (laughs) they fall in love what um (laughs) and so it's it's a very kind of like subdued quiet but it's it's really good and there is a scene on a boat that i don't know that it should have affected me as much as it did but it really affected me and that's all i'll say (laughs) um i also read witches get stitches by juliet cross which is the Third? third book in the Stay a Spell series. Um, it is Nico and Violet. And I don't know if it's just been a long time since I've read those books, but this book was capital H-O-T. Like, it was hot, 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 hot. And I was like, I, were all of them this spicy? And I don't think that they were. This one is very spicy. Again, I don't know if there's something going on with me this week where I was just like, heyo. But, um, yeah, it was... Because Nico is also a dirty, dirty boy. (laughs) (laughs) Ellen obviously has a type. (laughs) The things that 
he says. I was like, oh, Nico. Um, but, you know, he's got that werewolf. He's he's also got that wolf that likes to come out and play, if you know what well, I mean. That's what we loved about the first one. Yeah, but, um, yeah, he's, oh, boy, yeah. Um, so if you're looking for that, hit that book up. Um, and then... <laughs> I read The Second Blind Sun by Amy Harmon, which is the second book in her Chronicles of Salok or Salok Chronicles series. Um, really good. I also really liked the first book. Um, very Norse mythology kind of fantasy. Um, and, you know, just per her writing, it was just very heartfelt and emotional. And Amy Harmon's so funny because she, her books just run the gamut. She's got something in like every genre. Yeah, it's true. Um, and then I read, uh, whatchamacallit, then I read this book, The Soulmate Equation. So, Bender. I read a lot this week. Um, Sounds like a lot. So, yeah, it was. And, but it was delightful. I like, I loved everything. So it was, it was a good week of books. Um, Raquel, have you been watching anything lately that? Yes, I finally finished season five of Lucifer, which I insist oh. is a paranormal romance. Yeah, yeah, yeah it is. is a paranormal romance. This guy does a cops slash detective show, and I mm. love I love Tom Ellis. He's a good actor, and well, he's he look his looks don't hurt at all. Yeah, they either, don't hurt so, at yeah. all. <laughs> at all. And we watched, I we watched also, the first season of that, but we haven't watched much. Yeah, um, we need to like. I know, and I've. I know that people like love it. It's just we started it. I don't even think we watched the first season. I think we watched like the first five episodes or so. Um, so we need to watch more of it. I, I recognize that. Yeah. Yeah, and I also did. Well, we finished rewatching all five seasons of This Is Us with my sister. Like she hadn't watched a single episode, and I know you ladies have said in the past that it's too much drama for you which I (laughs) you know I feel the same I typically don't like drama but the Pearsons are my exception to the rule I just love the storytelling like with the flashbacks and the flash forwards and the whole premise of you know everybody's stories being intertwined and yeah so yeah that was that that show been on five seasons yeah that's crazy that seems nuts it seems like it was just started yeah like it was the new it show like not that long ago um, I still go on record that that pilot of that show is like perfection. It's just, it's just <laughs> not my like. Yeah, because the pilot completely threw me. I didn't see it coming, you know, with the yeah. time change, and I thought it was super well done. And then I watched a few more episodes, and I just kind of got bogged down. But, uh, but I yeah. grant you, you, you do you. Yeah, like, there, and there's a lot of people who love it. So yeah, it's just not, not my brand, I guess. But. I know people love it, and people I respect and admire, like yourself, so. Um, It's okay, Ellen, it's okay. (laughs) Um, We watched the first episode of season two of Ted Lasso, which we love, and... um, And that Roy. That Roy, gosh. He has this line where he talks about, like, never settling for fine, and I was just like, Roy, gosh, you just are the best. He says the most profound things in the most vulgar ways. It's You, you yeah. just got to love it. <laughs> Have you watched that one, Raquel? I haven't, but I've been meaning really to good. watch it because I know you like Jason Sudeikis, and I think he's really, really cute. So I love him. that's a and good he, incentive to watch the show. Yeah, and he and the, on this show, he's, like, even more. You just, like, I would say him. it's one of my favorite characters I've ever seen on TV, ever. Oh. 
And I've watched a lot of TV. <laughs> a lot of TV. You have. <laughs> um, yeah, he's really good. And just the whole show is very endearing and, like, life-affirming. And yeah, it's good. Um, and then we've also been watching Schmigadan still, um, which is also really funny for musical lovers. Um, so, yeah, so that's what we've been up to. Yeah. Mom was out of town. I was out of town all weekend. Yeah. I had, I had the whole house to myself. I hated it. It was horrible, wasn't it? Was it was the worst. Oh, my gosh. My husband and I had to go. Okay. I know we have listeners that are probably from the Midwest, right? Right? Yeah, yeah we do. Oh, my gosh. We went to St. Louis. We flew into St. Louis. We had to go to a family funeral in the area. That freaking humidity in that area just about killed me. In fairness, <laughs> you are, like, the most touchy person to humidity. Uh, like, Well, maybe that's so, because I was raised in dry heat my whole life. I mean, it's not... We live in Sacramento, and it's not cold here very often. It's hot, but it's... Man, that humidity just about killed me. I was just wet, drippy, sweaty the whole time we were there. That's cute. <laughs> yeah. Do you want me to explain it more? No, I don't. <laughs> know what areas of you um so yeah I hated laying around and reading all weekend and walking around in my underwear and sitting out in our hot tub and reading by myself well, I, think I, I do that when I'm here. I hated that that was the worst <laughs> no it was it was a good weekend um okay let's get down to business to talk about this book that's a little Mulan song for you all. Um, <laughs> sorry. Uh, okay, so today we are talking about The Soulmate Equation by Christina Lauren. It is a standalone book that came out in May of this year from the writing duo of Christina Hobbs and Lauren Billings, known as Christina Lauren. Um, we have previously talked about on the podcast, Roomies, The Unhoneymooners, and In a Holidays on the show. Oh, I forgot about In a Holidays. Yeah, so... Um, you know, I think th- I think they might be one of our most, you know, featured authors. Um, so here is the back cover description for the Soulmate Equation. Single mom Jess Davis is a data and statistics wizard, but no amount of number crunching can convince her to step back into the dating world. Raised by her grandparents, who now help her raise her seven-year-old daughter Juno, Jess has been left behind too often to feel comfortable letting anyone in. After all, her father's never been around, her hard-partying mother disappeared when she was six, and her ex decided he wasn't father material before Juno was even born. Jess holds her loved ones close, but working constantly to stay afloat is hard and lonely. But then Jess hears about genetically... I don't know if I'm saying that right. Genetic ally. Genetic ally. Yeah. A buzzy, new, DNA-based matchmaking company that's predicted to change dating forever. Finding a soulmate through DNA, the the reliability of numbers, this Jess understands. At first she thought she did until her test shows an unheard of 98% compatibility with another subject in the database. Genetic ally founder Dr. River Pena. This is one number she can't wrap her head around because she already knows Dr. Pena. The stuck-up, stubborn man is without a doubt not her soulmate, but genetic ally has a proposition. Get to know him and we'll pay you. Jess, who is barely making ends meet, is in no position to turn it down. Despite her skepticism about the project and her dislike for River, as the pair are dragged from one event to the next as the diamond pairing that could make Genetic Ally a mint in stock prices, Jess begins to realize that there might be more to the scientist and the science behind a soulmate than she thought. Mom, Raquel, 
what did you think of the Solmund equation? Raquel, we'll go to you first. Okay, I, I love this book and I, I thought I was biased because I am a big Christina Lauren fan. But when I reread it, uh, I was pleasantly surprised that I, I even liked it even more, like the second time. And I thought it was like the whole idea of the DNA-based um, matchmaking slash dating service company was very innovative and it was interesting. And, you know, that's the thing I like about Christina Lauren's books, that they're different. Like you, you can easily set one book apart from the other, like even when they were writing series they always go like for a, with a different idea for each of the books. And I think mm -hmm. this in particular was something that to me at least was something entirely new. So yeah, it's a great standalone and, and I, I really, really loved it. Yeah. Mom. Um, well, I loved this book, like loved it. <laughs> yeah. I actually, if I had one problem with the book is I didn't see the premise as believable. I don't think that genetics are a way to pair people up. Mainly because... It's very like Black Mirror, if anybody... Has well, like, yeah. Yes. It's, and if you go into the whole nature versus nurture thing, yeah. there's just too much of your personality that's based on, you know, stuff that aren't genetic. So, like, you could connect perfectly with some guy genetically, but... He might be, you know, like a white supremacist racist or something, you know, there's, yeah. or, um, and it seems like a way that you'd wind up like connected with your brother or something, yeah. <laughs> which would, well, I would hope be off that <laughs> analyzing genetics, they would just rule out anybody that's like related to you. But, um, I, I just don't know if that's a way to really connect. And I get that they had other things that they looked at, but it just seemed, and there were a couple of, like things that I highlighted in there about. Um, I never saw any of your highlights. I think you were in airplane mode. But anyway, continue. Oh, that could very well have been yeah. when I was airplaning. <laughs> but um, there was things that I highlighted about. Uh, you know, are we going to? Does that make you go into it thinking this has got to work? So I've got to make it work instead of mm -hmm. you know being more cautious like yeah. you would normally be going into a relationship. Yeah, we're going to talk about some of the implications of the genetic matchmaking in a little bit. But I, I also had, I mean, mainly because in my schoolwork, I was just studying, like, child development and, you know, what makes us and, like, nature versus nurture and things like that. And, I was, and so I also was kind of like, I don't know that there would ever, that this would ever work. Yeah. But, um, but... As a premise for a romance novel, I loved it. I loved the book. I, um, this book I was telling mom is just, this is the actual definition of lady porn. This guy who's just like, let me ease your burdens and let me help yes. you take care of your child. <laughs> and like the things that come out of his mouth sometimes, like that speech that he gives to her outside the hospital where he's just like, I want to take care of you. I want to bring you coffee. I want to protect you. And then I want you in my bed. And it's just like, gosh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> like that, that. Sign me up. That, yes, please. That speech right there was just straight, actual lady porn. Like, I was just like, oh, yes, yes. I love all of this. Um, so, yes, this book, I loved it. I, um, 
it made me think a lot more than, you know, it made me think about this, these things that make us fall in love with each other and um, compatible with each other. And just, yeah, like I said, some of the implications of this as an idea. Um, but yeah, I just loved it. And we're going to talk about more about why I loved it, but let's just get into it. Um, what did we think of Jess as our heroine? Anybody? Raquel? Okay. Uh, well, I like Jess. I, I thought it was nice to read about a single mom. Mm-hmm. And I love that she had a career in STEM. And, mm-hmm. you know, whenever Jess talked about statistics, it sounded real. I mean, it was science I get your point. It, some of those things might not be 100% accurate, but it didn't feel forced. So, so that was a big um, bonus points for me. And yeah. I just loved her support system, like the grandparents and the best friend. So, yeah, I really liked her as a heroine. Yeah. Are um, we going to talk about side characters later on? Um, Not really, so you can get into okay. it if you want. I love Jess. I loved Fizzy. Yeah, I really want Fizzy yes. to get her own book. But, uh, yeah. Um, Did I don't... you get Aquafina vibes? I had Aquafina <laughs> Me too! I did. My sister did. So I was like, Fizzy's Aquafina. Yes, wow. totally. Like, yeah. <laughs> we might be genetically paired. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I really liked Jess, and um, I liked the same thing Raquel said. I liked her science background. I liked her like nerdiness that way. I loved her snarky comments. I love the banter between her and Fizzy, and I love the banter between her and him, mm-hmm. and the banter between her and her daughter. I mean, it was just, the dialogue was all really well written, mm-hmm. and um, I, yeah, I really enjoyed reading about it. I loved, <laughs> she's just like, yeah, always in sweatpants. Yeah, <laughs> I, I feel that. Doesn't try so to doll hard. herself up. Ever. And I'm not a single mother, so I don't even have <laughs> so that excuse. I don't have that excuse, um, unless you count my dog. Um, yeah, I really liked the single mom representation. Um, my lowest grade in college was statistics. So a lot of that statistics stuff was going over my head a little bit, but, um, I agreed, loved that, you know, she was a woman who was like taking care of business and, uh, you know, self-employed and all this stuff. I thought that all that was great. Um, and yeah, she's got the snark factor. She's got really good banter. Um, yeah, I don't think I really have anything new, 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 new to, add. to add to Jess, but I thought, and I, I will say, um, you know, she's got a lot of, um, she talks about her baggage that she's bringing to the relationship and how he wants to help her carry it. And I'm like, stop it. Um, but, uh, she, it was, she had stuff that she you know, kind of held her back maybe in some of her relationships, but it wasn't ever, I wasn't ever like, you're being, it was never off-putting. No, I wasn't, I was never like, you're being ridiculous, get over it, <laughs> which, you know, maybe sometimes I've thought about with other characters. Um, but yeah, she's had a lot of people, like, leave her in the lurch, and that would have an effect on you, and, but I liked that it wasn't something that held her back Or bogged down the story. Yeah, or bogged down the story, correct. Um, so yeah, I thought she was a great heroine. I loved her. Um, now what do we think of Dr. River Nicholas Pena as our hero? I really liked River. <laughs> I mean, I, I love the Mr. Darcy bar, the, the Mr. Yes. Darcy vibes at the beginning, like the whole 
entirely average line is the new yeah that's i had that's not handsome enough to tempt me and yeah you know he he's he's a douchebag at the beginning yeah, but but he yes. makes up for it and and he's very sweet yes. very thoughtful so self-assured when he spoke like all those mm -hmm. things you said those are in my notes and i think that's what made him so sexy like he was a sexy character without being overly yeah. sexy and i just liked that he was a big nerd and that's right up my alley in the book boyfriend yeah. department and you know if anything i would have liked to get to know him better like he was i felt that he was barely on the page i mean we would catch glimpses of him like when they went out with the sisters mm -hmm. but I, i would have liked more And I think the book was more about Jess and her journey as a single mom, you know, finding love and putting herself first. So a little bit more river would have been nice. Yeah, uh, that's a good comment because now that I'm thinking about it, there I there was a lot of stuff that I thought that they were like leading up to that we were going to get. Like it seemed like there was something going on with his parents, but that was never like it's kind of briefly mentioned, but. Um, we don't know exactly what, like, his family yeah, history right. is there. Um, but, yeah, stuff like that. But, yeah, I mean, listen, I loved him, so more of him would have been fantastic. Um, well, and I'm, so I'm, I'm thinking, would a dual POV have worked? It would have uh, changed the conflict in, in a big way. Yeah. yeah. We're going to talk about the conflict, because yeah. that's the so only I, time I, I was the very upset with him. Um <laughs> But, uh, yes, I love a, a hot former nerd who still has, like, remnants of shy and awkward. Um, and I love that his sisters, like, made him over and <laughs> that they take full responsibility for that because I can relate to, you know, like, always reminding your brothers of, like, well, I did that for you, so do not forget that. Yeah, so, um, welcome. And, uh, but, yeah, just, he was... He was a douchebag. He, like, when... I'll tell you, like, his most egregious for me was not holding the elevator. The elevator. I was like, you dick. Because like, I could even see the parking space thing. I say, okay, well, maybe he just didn't notice her there. I mean, yeah. you know, there's things like that that happen. But the elevator thing, that was not acceptable. Where he, like, full-on, like, makes eye contact <laughs> and then just doesn't hold it. I'm like, you bastard. Um, yeah, so he, she had just cause to think he was dick um but and i did want to know more i wanted to like understand more if he would have ever pursued her outside of getting that as this as a uh, result well i think the whole point is that he wouldn't and that's why they did it and that's why they did it yeah, yeah. too much of a um, workaholic yes yeah Um, mom, any comments on Dr. River that you haven't made? I mean, sign me up for that, please. Yeah. He's, <laughs> he's in, he's in running for book boyfriend of the year. I'm just going to say it now because yeah. he was such a dish. And like I said, just the things that came out of his mouth. Well, and I think a lot of it is because even with the elevator, because I, I think even making eye contact with her, I think he's just kind of in another world. I think his brain was just always on a different thing. And it would be that kind of thing where it's like, Oh, she wants me to hold the elevator, but then it was just... That's the conflict, too, is he just gets kind of, like, lost in his in head. In his head, mm -hmm. yeah. So. So. Okay, Raquel, I believe you are also a, a single lady, correct? Yes. Okay. 
So the question is, would you submit your spit if this was a, a thing? If this was legit. And that rhymes. And so submit your spit. If, would you submit your spit? If this was legit. <laughs> uh... I would. You know, the first time I read this book, I was actually, it was weird because I was bummed. I was just thinking of the whole, is there a soulmate for everyone out there um, question. So I, I would. I honestly would. I, I would. Um, I mean, it would be interesting. I will probably just wait for maybe not diamond matches. What what, what was the next category? Well, I like think it gold was like the, or the, titanium. The, yeah. No, yeah, definitely not base matches. Like I could, I don't need that in my life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I, I would. And yes, it's a, it's a bit, a bit, it's a little bit sci-fi-ish, but I would. Yeah. yeah, that's, I think, I legit think there's a Black Mirror episode that is like this matching people. Basically. And even when he starts talking about, oh, you know, looking for people to work for you. And, I, and I'm like, wow, that's a whole weird area that you're getting into yeah, there. It seems you know? like very like um, discriminatory. Yeah. Like, or, you know, practices. using genetics to you know find a babysitter. And it's like, wow, that is, ugh, that's a whole well, weird. Okay. So dynamic, the implications of this, I think are highly problematic because I could see, uh, you know, Rob who's cheating on his wife. You know, I could see married people like starting to doubt whether they should be married and submitting their spit to see if, you know, like, well, what if there's some, you know, I think there's a lot of problematic things where if you start second guessing, like if you should be with the person that you're with or not, it's things like that. But as a single person, I would be all over that trash. <laughs> like you, you kind of have to, like if this was an actual thing and you're single, honestly, and I say this all the time, I love your father very much, but if we were, I what don't would know, you be? I don't know that we would genetically, because <laughs> I, I think on paper we don't really work, but we do, sort of. Yeah. What do you think? Would, do you think we would? I think like your interests are not aligned at all. At all. But personality wise, personality wise, we we mesh. Yeah. He puts up with my snarky sense of humor and lets me make fun of him all the time. And I'm not sure what I get out of it, but <laughs> you put up with, I put up, I mean, he, he puts up, I think sometimes, well, no, I put up with a lot too. Yeah, um, you do. but I don't want to just make it sound like our marriage is just all putting up with each other. We do love each other. I mean, we just spent a whole weekend together and we had a, a fabulous time. That's good. Um, at a funeral nonetheless, <laughs> but like, I mean, as a single person, you just would kind of have to know, like. And I don't, I don't believe, and the thing is, is I don't think this book is saying, like, that there is a quote-unquote one, like, there's not, like, the one, because they talk about how you can end up with a gold or a, you know, whatever, and make it work. There's people that make it work with a base with level a base match, level. Um, and, but it's just that your, your odds of making it work go down the further down in the matches that you get. And, um, so I don't, so yeah, like, I mean, I, so while mom's been gone this week, um, oh my gosh, I have, I have so many stories to tell you, mom. 
There was a man who propositioned me at Target. Seriously. Mom, but it was not good. Like, he wanted to, like, he offered to go down on me in the fitting room. Wow. So I'll tell you about that later. Uh, By the way, every time your dad and I would get in an elevator and it'd say, going down, I'd say, oh, yeah, it is. (laughs) Gross. Um, (laughs) And your dad was like, ugh. You've read too many romance books. But I've been... I've been trying to be better about the online dating thing. And if I was online dating and there was just a thing that said, like, yeah, this person is a 22, I'd be like, okay, no, next, like, swipe. (laughs) Swipe. But if there's somebody who's even, like, a 60 or whatever, it would be more like, okay, like, you know. It's like a Rotten Tomatoes listing. I don't want to see that movie that's a 27%, but I will go see that movie, even though it's a 65%. You know, there's enough people that liked it to where, like, yeah. I'll check it out. I'll check it out. Um, so I just, I think that if it, if it was a thing, you would just have to know. Like, you would just have to, like, put yourself out there. Right? And that's why he was going to make yeah. millions and millions of dollars. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Um, what would you do in Fizzy's shoes with the Rob results? Would you want to know if you were a match with a married guy? No. No, no. I don't need to know that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and especially in her... Because that's the whole thing. Yeah. And even, if they, even, they, even if they were a 98%, the fact that he had cheated on his wife, deal breaker. So... Well, I do like there's a line where... I don't... I'm going to butcher it. But the... And she when she's kind of... When they're on the rocks at the end and she says it's not about... It's not just about the data. It's about, like, the decisions we make. Yeah. You know, and so that's, you know, that's where we were talking about earlier. Like, the nature versus nurture and things like that can have an effect. Um, but that's where I that's where I say that the implications of this could be very bad. Yeah. <laughs> because it's just a lot of second-guessing where, you know. But it made for a fun story. It did. Yes, obviously. Um, okay, so what would we do in her shoes paired with a guy who's been a dick to you? Raquel? On on Faces' shoes or in Jess's shoes? In In Jess's Jess's shoes. If you were paired with a guy who would, you know. You mean River. (laughs) Yeah. Who shot the elevator in her face. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And like they're telling you it's a 98% match. I know what I would think, but I want Raquel to go first. I wouldn't date him. I mean, it's um maybe it's me being very spiteful, but I don't think I would be interested in the money in, would help. Um, the the money and that's probably yeah. turned her around. I think and um, and I think that's why Jess does it in the end. I mean, yeah. she might be intrigued about River, but there's also the money issue with the client I, she lost. I would personally be willing to first of all did you hear how good looking he is? So <laughs> I would think, okay, I'll go on a date, maybe two. Yeah. Just kind of feel it out. Maybe he's different in, you know, one-on-one than he is in a group setting. So I will give it a shot. Um, but here's the deal. If it's not working out after a couple dates, I get to. Yeah. This is another situation it where it's like, I kind of think you'd have to. It's like. If, if somebody's telling me that, like, we are a 98% match, I feel like my curiosity would just be, like, way too much to, to not. Even if he'd been a dick to me, I'd be like, 
okay, get down on your knees and like grovel and then we will go on the date. Yeah, you would. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would. And do you think you would be predisposed to think that, that you know, you're gonna, you know, have a great connection just because you're 98, even if he was a dick to you pre previously? I know, that's, that's, and that's another thing with like the implications of this is it's like, and it's, they talk, and luckily they talk about it, which I think is good. They call but, it out. Though. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, and the whole thing that Fizzy gets into where it's like, is it better, I don't know. Knowing the score or not knowing, going into it knowing the score or not knowing the score going into it? I mean, does it take away some of your uh, agency? I, I can't think of a better word, but your you yeah. know, opportunity to make your own choices if you've got that score looming over your head, either one way or the other. Well, I'll tell you, so for them, it would be like, it would be a lot to live up to. And then they also have the like publicity angle on this. That would be a hard one. That would be the that, hard which, Yeah, that was the part that really, because my thing with the publicity too is I just kept wanting them to say, listen, we've been on one date. Can you guys like give us some freaking space? Yeah. Because like they do the newspaper article like the right day after, after their, first, their date. first date and they're all asking questions about their, their sex life and things like that. And it's like, okay, cool your jets. Like we've been on, and I don't understand why they couldn't just say we've been on one date. We just found out this is the score. <laughs> yeah. Like, so we're taking things slow and sussing it out, but I don't know. However, that photo shoot sounded super cute. It did sound super cute. Yes. Yeah. And when he wraps our friend in his jacket. <laughs> oh, forever. Um, but I don't know. The like the ninety eight percent it would feel it would it would feel like a lot to live up to. And it would add a lot of pressure that I don't always deal well with. <laughs> and a lot of like expectations that I don't always deal well with. Well and like my dog is really snoring today. Sorry, he's really snoring. Um, but like we were saying, too, you could have that 98% compatibility and still, like, he could have literally ended up being a dick. I mean, he could have literally... Or a murderer or... Yeah, seriously, or a serial killer. I mean, you could... Yeah, yeah that could happen. <laughs> I know. There's a guy that I matched with who wants to take me whitewater rafting with him. And I'm like, do I want to go to a remote... Like, yeah, he's gonna hide water. The body. <laughs> I know a remote lake or river front where he can just dispose of my body and let the water take me away, and they'll never find him. Never. I've watched too much true crime stuff. Um, okay, so what would you do in Jess's shoes? Well, okay, we'll talk about actually, I'll, I'll skip that for now, but. In some ways, I would almost want, like, I would obviously want to know if I had some 98% match out there, but in some ways, I would almost want to make it work with, like, a 50%, just because that would be less stressful, you yeah. know? I don't know. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of people out there who aren't good people, and it has nothing to do with their genetics. In fact, it usually doesn't, because yeah. I think most people come to this earth as good people. <laughs> Yeah. And then they get ruined by, you know, life around them. Um, so it, it would be, I don't know, there's a big chance of a 98% match being a terrible person. You are really cynical about, like, I people am. in general today. 
Well, um, and there's also a good chance that a 30 you know, 30% match could be a really good person. You know, regardless of the match, they could just be like a super fun person to be around. So, mm-hmm. or a guy that offers to just get you coffee and take care of all your problems. Yeah, seriously. He wants you in his bed and all these things. Take like your daughter to ballet. Yeah. He could be that kind of person at a 30%. Um, okay. Sometimes kids in books bug me, but I loved Juno. I did too. And yeah. I really loved like their interactions. And uh, she was a believable seven-year-old. I will, other than like, her thirst for knowledge. That's not been my experience with seven-year-olds, but <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. Slightly and, precocious, but not annoying. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, and then this is where I was going to ask about side characters, but I loved Fizzy. She needs her own book. Yeah. Yes. She, need, she you needs know, her own justice book. Justice for Fizzy. She needs to find love. Yeah. Um, and I don't know that I would necessarily want it to be through the genetics. I was really hopeful for Rob. I, I, I. Cause she didn't find him through the genetics. Yeah. And I thought that was going to be like one of the lessons of the book was like, you know, she found this guy not through genetics and they were making it work, but then he ended up being a freaking cheating yeah. bastard. Yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh. My dog is really snoring. <laughs> yeah. So, Here's an idea for Christina Lauren. Like, if they do a book for Fizzy, it could be with a guy who really doesn't like romance novels, and Fizzy will be it. the one to change his mind. I love it. Oh, that would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, because that was super meta, having her uh, be yes. a romance novel writer. And... Yeah. Very meta. There was a lot of stuff. And I... <laughs> I'm betting most guys, though, are not. No. <laughs> be... Well, River being perfect as it is, as he is, like he he mentions reading her books, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and watching telenovelas. With I girl. speaking of fizzy, I love the moment at the end where she's still on the Zoom call and she's like, yes. "I hope you guys know I've been writing down everything." <laughs> <laughs> that was great because throughout that conversation, I'm like, "Isn't fizzy still on the Zoom call?" Like they never hung up on her, right? And so. I love that. She's that just like, funny. I'm still here writing down everything. Um, and yeah. No, I, just... I love, I thought Juno was really well written. Cause yeah, usually precocious children make me, but um, I really liked her. I liked her grandparents. Her I mean, I didn't... was a terrible, terrible Yeah, I was going to say, I didn't like her mom, but her mom was really well written as yes. well. It's, you know, like you feel like you know that situation. Well, and and... that whole situation where she had to go pick her mom up, I, like you could feel for all of it. You you understood all of it. You understood why she had to go. You understood why she had to take her daughter. Because I was like, can you leave your daughter in the car? No, you would never leave your daughter in the car while you were in some a situation like that. I mean, there was just, mm-hmm. it was really well done. They they put her in a situation that she couldn't, like I couldn't no winning see any way and, around it. And, um, and you understood why she gave her $10,000, but and, was just like, okay, but that's it. I'm done. Like, yeah. I, this isn't working for me, so you need to hit the road. Yeah. Um, so, I really liked all that. Um, okay, let's talk about the conflict. So, in the conflict, they find out that their results were, were a little hinky. And that they were doctored. 
and that they the people at the company probably did it to uh, build up some publicity. And also, I think, I mean, this is another thing where it's, I, I wanted to know kind of more what happened at that meeting um, and what they said was their reasoning. Yeah. Um, I get the feeling it was they also wanted to help River because yeah. he was really centered on the job and um they figured the only way to get him out of that shell was to make it look like he had a yeah a soulmate yeah. out there and here's where a, where a dual point of view would have would have helped like we would have known what happened in that meeting but yeah yeah but even he could have just told her more of yeah um and so there's a lot of bad ethical questions that are called, you know, by, by them doctoring this. So River gets busy taking care of all this work stuff and like ghosts her for eight days. I think she said, yeah. Um, and, and then he comes back and that is, this is the only part where I was like, River, tisk 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 tisk. I was really pissed at him. And, you know, I'm totally team Jess on this where she's like, okay, you got busy. You could have texted me and told me that, like, that you were, but it's like we were saying, he gets lost in his little bubble. Well, like bubble, he says, work the bubble. is like, I only thought it was two or three days. <laughs> yeah. But even that, yeah. I would have still been pissed at yeah. him with two or three days, to be honest, because yeah. of the way he left it. Yeah, but when he when he goes and talks to her and they they're very mature about it in the conversation. Very so much that so. he makes up for it, I guess. Yes. Still not that's... cool that he goes at her for 8 days, but it was very mature and it was like both parties you know used their big grown-up words and communicated their feelings. So that was like very it almost felt very textbook like one-on-one communication in relationships because it was almost like too yeah. perfect. But I, you know, I wanted to forgive him, so it, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think also, first of all, it shows you remnants of what he was before. I mean, like how he was before, how he mm -hmm. would get so wrapped up in work. So there was still that piece of him that he was still trying to work through. Mm -hmm. And I think that that was good to show us that he wasn't as perfect as, you know, all our book boyfriends are. You know, he had this that he had to work through but I think they were both willing to work on it mm -hmm. and um but I loved when he told her I only I thought it was only two or three days and she said why didn't you leave with that and he's like I wanted you to forgive me for yeah. <laughs> no I I even have in my notes here that but the communication was good in the end because yeah like you said I thought that their conversation was very healthy and responsible and um handled very well and, um, and I like that. Okay. Here's, so here's what, what do you think that their match is? I mean, I think well, the implication is still that they are in a diamond match. Yeah. Yeah. Because, that's why he didn't feel the need to go back and, and tell everybody it, what had happened is because they, I think they were still at least like a 93. Yeah. Or a 95. Maybe yeah. a 95. I think they're still somewhere in the nineties. Definitely. I mean, they have to be in the 90s because they're to a, be diamond a diamond match. Yeah. But definitely not as high as 98. 
and all the stuff about them, you know, liking this, disliking the same foods, liking the same foods. I, you know, you could tell that there's like things there for them to be genetically matched. Um, but yeah, so I was pissed at him with the eight days thing, but I thought there was nothing in the ending of the way it was written that pissed me off. Yeah. So I thought the conflict was good. And, um, and, and I, I got why it, it would be hard. It would, you know, when we were talking about, you know, the, the crux of this genetics matchmaking thing and some of the pros and cons to that, this would be a, a thing where it's like, they've put so much faith in this in the numbers in the numbers and then to have the numbers called into question would be a bit of a like jarring thing to um and it would it would throw you off that they've been going their whole relationship thinking that like science has told them that they are but i think that at the point where they were even if they came back at 20 i don't think that it should have made a difference if they were in love they were in love i mean yeah, in some ways I kind of wish that it did come back that they were like, like really low. Really low. But I didn't think that that was going to be the, the problem case. with that though is it would have thrown off all his work and he wouldn't have made tens of millions of dollars, which they needed to do cuz he's a, a romance hero. Romance hero. He needs, <laughs> he needs to be a billionaire. He needs to end up super rich. <laughs> well, they have to buy a house where Juno can have a dog. Yeah. And a snake yeah. it sounds like. And that ending was just beautiful. It was a it was a perfect happy for now. Yeah. Because sometimes yeah. it's it's very predictable, like the ending in books. It's always a proposal with a ring or you realize people have you know, they're married and with kids or planning or to have just found kids. Out they're pregnant and, or Yeah. So it was a very nice ending and yeah. even after the conflict when River asks Jess if he can go pick up Juno and he says I need to make it up for both of my girls. Wow, that, that was, was perfection. Yes. 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 Yeah. And and I totally felt for Jess throughout with that whole thing of needing to protect. And I thought that that was really good representation for the single moms in the dating scene of, you know, needing to protect her daughter throughout this, especially since it was so publicized. Um, and, you know, that when he was seeming to pull away, it was hurtful to her, but it was hurtful to her because, in part because it was going to be hurtful for Juno. And I, I liked that as well. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's talk about sex, baby. Um, so kind of in keeping with some of Christina Lauren's other, um, kind of more like unhoneymooners and yeah, they're kind of standalone, uh, more mass market books. Um, this is fairly tame. It's fairly mild. They only really have, like one sex scene and it's described in such a way that I had a hard time like keeping track of body parts and <laughs> what was where and things like that. It was more in their heads. Like it was yeah. how they were feeling and how they were connecting. That's and that's how Amy Harmon writes a sex scene too. Is it's yeah. more about what they're feeling instead of what's actually going on. What's going in where yeah. and instead touching of the, what the and... physicalness of it more the emotional yeah. side of it. Which I'm not I'm not mad at but no no you know actually i think it i like it for a change because sometimes 
you know, when they're written word for word, what exactly is happening, <laughs> it gets a little bogged down because it's all very similar. Yeah. Yeah. I was just glad it wasn't closed doors because what happened to me with the unhoneymooners and, and I've read Christina Lauren since Beautiful Bastard. I, I thought my book was missing pages. <laughs> I mean, it was ridiculous. <laughs> but like, this is I'm not just the glad, Christina Lauren what? that I yeah. to expect. Yeah, so I'm just glad they, they didn't, you know, do Found it. Found a good a in between. Door scene again, yeah. yeah. But the first, the, the first kiss was, you know, it makes up for the lack of steamy scenes because that kiss was yeah. mind-blowing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was. But, yeah. Yeah, they still have some good they have even, the hospital I, parking lot yeah i texted ellen sense. and i said it's kind of slow burny but the burn is so delicious i mean it's just yeah it is kind of slow burny i mean they have sex like at a reason at a pretty normal spot for the book but i think because it's a little bit more tame well and it builds up for quite i mean it, there's quite a build up well and they you know it, it talks about how they have a lot of it um because they are Bless their sweethearts in a relationship, but yeah, it's much more the emotions behind it. So I was good with that. Um, okay, swooniest moment, Raquel. I'm gonna let you go first. Yeah, the whole book was a a swoon fest, and and it was. It was. I don't care if this is weird, but my swooniest moment is when Jess is at the hospital panicking, and she calls him, and he says, "Let's make a list." That right there was like, please marry me. You know, See, that's the, what I the mean. Whole actual lady porn. Actual lady porn. Yeah. This book. Yeah, that was one of the hottest things I've ever read because I love lists. I can't. I cannot emphasize this enough. And you know, just like you said, like when he tells her, like, I want to spend time with you. I want to be here to bring you coffee. That was just. Yeah. You know, he's very swoony. Very swoony. Yeah. Very. Mom? Well, mine's pretty much the same. That whole afternoon where he picks up her daughter, takes her to ballet, you know, they go get sandwiches for them. I mean, just his whole thought process of, okay, they haven't had dinner, so I'm going to do this. Just the way he's thinking through her problem and, and not his own. And um, and that he know this is what I'm talking about with the lady porn. He knows what to do in that situation. He knows, okay, I need to pick up her daughter. I need to have meaningful conversations with her daughter. I need to sit on the floor of the ballet class and he watch her, her daughter. He did her hair in a bun. Yeah, he did that. <laughs> I need to go get food because she's not going to think to get food. And she's in a hospital, so they only have crappy food. I'm going to go get her coffee the next morning. I'm going to wait outside the hospital and make sure she's okay and walk her to her car. It's like, oh my gosh, you are a dream. Yeah. So that was my swinniest moment was him waiting outside the hospital. And also just that like make out in the parking lot. Like, yes, please. Um, I also have honorable mentions for him helping Juno with her roller coaster. That was all yes. adorable. And how he's all like into it at the end when they're at the... Yeah, and, like, he really wants to win. And because that's, like, such a dad move to, like, you know, well, this is my Pinewood Derby like car. like Raquel said, I love that line where he's like, I have to make it up to both my girls. And yeah, like, oh, that gosh. was so sweet. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that speech also, like, immortalized in the 
some of the greatest romance speeches ever because I was just like, oh, I like highlighted that whole thing because I was just like, gosh, damn, that's good. (laughs) That was a good romantic speech, sir. Um, So, yeah, that's that's that was mine. Those were my swooniest moments. Um, Okay, let's hear from some of the listeners besides the lovely Raquel. Um, so Amy says, I love this book so much, which is really no surprise since I've loved everything I've ever read by Christina Lauren. I have only one question. Were they in fact a diamond level match the second time around? I think we've covered that. And then there was people that responded and said, yes, I I think that's Well, I think he alluded to the fact they didn't need to, you know, alert the media. And she's (laughs) like, is that ethical? And he says... It's fine. I think as soon as he, like, kind of said, like, it's fine. Like, we're good. She should have been like, okay, then just tell me. Because I just, if if she knows that they're a diamond level match, which she essentially does, I would just want to know the number. And I kind of wanted to know the number just out of curiosity. But I don't know. Um, Elizabeth said, I really enjoy this book. It's a love for me. I found the plot interesting and new. I love all of Christina Lauren's books, so I'm not surprised by their writing. I enjoyed the enemies to lovers and fake dating aspect. Yeah, check, check. Those are always wins. Um, I adored both Jess and River, and their love story was so sweet and soft. And when are we getting Fizzy's love story? Because I need it. Yeah. Yeah, same. And I could see them do. Yeah, like, I mean, they've set her up to be a romance novelist heroine that's that's always a win for the romance readers um Catherine says let's just take a moment to think about how fizzy and daniel go on one on one date and then bump into each other at their family reunion gold (laughs) i kind of wanted to know what the like the match between fizzy and daniel was did anybody else wonder about that (laughs) oh i I, i'm thinking second cousin i'm just throwing that out (laughs) uh Catherine continues, I've gotten so much mileage from that sodium joke since reading this book. (laughs) Nah. I I do think it would have been nice to see a deeply in loving, a deeply in love amazing couple that had a base level score. And my favorite CeeLo book is still the Honey Don't List, but I'll keep reading everything they write. And Raquel is probably crushing it this episode, so shout out to her. It's from Catherine. Um, Have you read the Honey Don't List, Raquel? Yes, I did. And it, it did is you... good. Okay. It is I haven't good. read that one. I haven't read that one either. Um, yeah, the, the nerdy jokes were great. Yes. I, I liked that. Um, I did just feel for them, though, having to have all of their personal, like, first firsts in front of, like, a group of people. Like, when, when they were being told to kiss, I didn't, I kind of didn't want that to be in front of, I mean, it was hot. It, it, went, it was good, but... I kind of didn't want it to be in front of all those people. I don't know. But I like how they did, like just turned it into like a huge makeout fest. It's yeah. Like, yeah, you just embarrass yeah. everybody around you. <laughs> yeah. Just make it awkward for everybody. Yeah, make everybody awkward. Cassie says, I loved this book. This is definitely my favorite Christina Lauren book I've ever read. Mm. I loved Roomies. It would be hard I did really like Roomies, too. Mm, it's up there for sure. Yeah. Um, it's hard because it's so fresh and Rumi's is not, yeah, and like but... Josh and Hazel is not, and, I don't you know. think we loved holidays as much as we loved these other ones, no, we but. Did. No, we didn't. And I think kind of across the board, people didn't love holidays. Um, but, and we also really liked Unhoneymooners, so it's hard to know. Yeah. Um, Cassie continues, this was dorky and delightful. The premise was unique, cute, and entertaining. I loved Jess and River. They both felt like real people to me. 
Juno was a nice addition to the story and Jess felt like a believable single parent. Sometimes kids are thrown into stories just as a zany side character, but Jess's hesitation in pursuing relationships and her consideration of how everything would affect Juno felt genuine. My one quibble, at the risk of sounding pervy, would be that the sex scenes were lacking. I know I need to manage my expectations when it comes to Christina Lauren's traditionally published books, but in this book especially, with all the talk about Fizzy's career as a romance writer, it felt like a bigger letdown. Am I the only one who feels this way? Overall, this book was a definite love for me, though. Um, I don't, I didn't, like, miss it necessarily, but I can definitely see where you're coming from. Yeah. Yeah, I think it depends on what's the first Christina Lauren you read. Because if you read the Beautiful series or even the Wild series at first, I'm totally on board on having to manage your expectations because (laughs) they just don't compare. Yeah. Um, But even this, uh, this book actually has a nice little Easter egg that it's kind of hard to spot if you're not like a huge fan. And if you read the Wild series... Uh, the Wild Season series, if you remember Mia from, I think it's Sweet Filthy Boy. Like, she, she's Juno's teacher. She's the ballet teacher, oh, Miss Mia. Oh, cute. And I, I haven't read that series, but that's... Yeah. And it's, a, I mean, I, I keep thinking there should be some sort of crossover, like, sort of like a Christina Lauren Cinematic universe. universe. <laughs> <laughs> That would be I, awesome. <laughs> I, I like, because I just read uh, Carrie Winfrey's book, and she also kind of has her standalones, little Easter eggs, little tied together kind of thing. And um, I, I like I like that. I think it's kind of fun. Um, Madehouse says, really enjoyed this one, especially after holidays, which was a little disappointing. Love the dorky humor, and at first I was annoyed at River's excuse. Then I remembered that I've dated science guys who do get so lost in their lab work that they forget the outside world. Yeah. I mean, I do think that's a thing, Um, especially with these kind of, like, genius-level brains. Well, my son was a computer science major, and he said that he would go into the computer lab, and there would be guys that were there, like, in the same clothes they'd been in for days. <laughs> He's like, I'm not sure. You know, these guys just get so caught up in that stuff that they yeah. lose themselves in all of it. Aida says, I really liked this book. It's up there with Josh and Hazel for me. So cute and an interesting spin on scientific pairings. Though I did find it interesting that it really all came down to free will in the end, regardless of what the numbers said. I really enjoyed River and Juno's interactions and Jess's concern about her daughter. So true to life. Great read. Um, yeah, I do think, I mean, it all, it, it's always going to be free will because they could have been a 98 and decided like, eh, not for me. But um, yeah, I kind of like that, that message in the end. I would say the whole situation with her mother helped you understand why she was so protective of Juno. And I, and I think that... Yeah. Um, that once he understood the situation his mother, I think he understood her better, better, how, why she was, which is kind of in part, another reason why I wanted to know more about river, because I think he was having to learn a lot about her to understand her. And I wanted her to have to do the same with him more. So I think probably, um, she did learn a lot more about him at that dinner with his sisters, but we didn't see all of that. We only saw little snippets of that. So. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 
Jess says, I loved this book. Some of the recent Christina Lauren books have been hit or miss for me, so I am so happy this one was a big hit. I thought the premise was unique and interesting. I loved both Jess and River as well as Juno and Fizzy. As an aside, I need a book about Fizzy. <laughs> yeah, this is a thing. Anyway, I felt the attraction between Jess and River and thought they were just adorable together. Like Cassie, though, my quibble is with the sex scenes. I adore Christina Lauren's older books, the Beautiful series and the Wild Season series, so all the more recent books are a letdown in terms of steam for me. But as Cassie said, in this book in particular, it feels like a completely missed opportunity to not have a bit more steam slash spice. Give me the payoff. Other than that, though, I really loved the book. Also, I just have to plug the audiobook, Patty Murin. The narrator was amazing, and the audiobook was such a treat to listen to. Um, I never read her first book, or the beautiful series or the wild season series, so um, I can't compare. I can't put in my two cents well, on that one. Your expectations yeah. for Christina Lauren are different than those who have read. Yeah. Oh, Mom's watch is talking to us. <laughs> Someone must have yeah. said. Sorry. Yeah, but those <laughs> those books are not mom friendly, so I'm not sure if mom. <laughs> I'm would pretty love sure that's what you those. told me, and that's yeah. why I didn't read them. I read I read the first two in the beautiful series and yeah they're not mom friendly yeah but did you read beautiful player because that's that's the best for me like will sumner is the best so that's a great one i know i should i should keep reading him i just the first one it wasn't like a huge win for me so i didn't quite have the like oomph to continue on to keep reading the series but maybe i'll have to check it out now that i'm apparently on a book Seriously. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Um, Daphne says, I really enjoyed this book. Gave it a four out of five on Goodreads, but it's a like, not a love. As with those commenting earlier, Christina Lauren seemed to be moving further into women's fiction slash Netflix-esque, which is a little disappointing for those coming to Christina Lauren books for a bit of classic CeeLo magic, the beautiful series, and Unhoneymooners. Although I will say Unhoneymooners is also pretty clean. That being said, I loved the relationship built between Jess and River. Fizzy was a great BFF. Loved the science. Awesome as always to see STEM representation as well as depicting the struggles of being a scientist in a realistic way. Um, yeah, so this is a thing. People are, people want that CeeLo uh, spiciness, I guess. Um, Sarah says, I really enjoyed this one. Jess's struggle with dating with a small child came across as believable. I really loved her how her grandparents and Fizzy created a village to help with Juno. I hope we get Fizzy's book. River felt a little flat for me. Sarah, what? What? But I think, but in fairness to Sarah, I think that that is kind of what we've been talking about, where we wish we knew more about him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, Sarah, sorry, sorry, sorry to jump down your we, throat we like that. Panic. Sarah. We had Sarah, a panic attack. Sorry. <laughs> um. But I can, yeah, I can see where, like, he says very dreamy things, but it would have been nice to get to know him better. So, I'll allow it, Sarah. Okay. Um, Victoria uh, says, I really liked this one, especially after the unhoneymooners. I might be the only one who wasn't taken by it. It made me care for the characters, and the plot was captivating. All the characters and subplots had a reason to be there, and brought the story together. I especially appreciate that the science plot, despite not being real, was realistic. Having recently learned that Lauren has a PhD in neuroscience, the depiction of science and scientists in their books suddenly makes a lot of sense. Um, for, for example, my favorite half nightstand. 
Did I read that one? You did, but I didn't, I think. Yeah, I was like, I, that does sound familiar. Did you read that one, Raquel? Yes, it's the, well, it's sort of like a catfishing story, but it is nice. Yeah, I, I did read it. I just can't remember anything about I it. I remember you reading it, and we've got it on our Kindle, but I don't think I've ever read it. Yeah. Um, Tiernan says, this was a great read. I loved Jess and River and thought they had great chemistry. There was the perfect amount of side characters, but not too much. Um, and it's a perfect summer read. Solid four stars. Um, here's my, here's a good litmus for me for a really enjoyable book. If I'm reading a book and I look down and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm only at 35%. But with this book, it's like, I would be reading along and I look down and go, how am I at 75% already? Yeah. So you don't even realize mm-hmm. that the story is going along so quickly because it, you're so engrossed in the story. Yeah, for sure. Um, Kimberly says, not a huge fan of single parents here, so I wasn't sure I'd make it through this one, but the premise, I think Kimberly... I don't think she means I don't to think say she doesn't like single parents. Yeah, I think she means to say she's not a huge fan of, like, them and stories. stories yeah. about them. Um... So she wasn't sure she'd make it through this one, but the premise was just quirky enough that I tried it, and I liked it. Not sure it's more than that for me, and I thought River's behavior during the conflict was annoying, but overall, it was a solid book from a writing team I enjoy. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think we concur with his behavior being annoying. Um, And then finally, we have Carla, who is Raquel's sister, and she said, I liked... Almost loved this book. I enjoyed the scientific plot and the whole DNA match premise. I loved Fizzy, Juno, and the grandparents. I struggled at first because it was so slow paced, but then I was just like, where can I send my sample so I can get my own diamond match? (laughs) Carla, same. Same girl. (laughs) Um, So, do you have any beef to pick with your sister about any of those comments? No, I'm just glad she didn't say like because we, we did have the discussion of do you think you have a soulmate after reading the, the book? So I'm just glad she left that out. <laughs> well, I think because I've had this conversation with many people, I don't think I think there's a lot of soulmates out there for everybody. I think I don't think there's just one. Well, soulmate I think that's person. I think that this book would agree with that. I think that they're saying you know you can be compatible, you can even be highly compatible with. A lot of different people, but maybe some are, and they don't have to be a genetic match. I don't think yeah. for you to. Be and you need to work for it. Yeah, yes. and you need to work for yes. It. Yeah. Yes, and I'm afraid. See, that's a good point because I'm afraid that if you had like a 98 percent, or if you you wouldn't, you know, you'd think, well, we're compatible, so I don't have to work at it because we're already compatible. And also, but if you were like a 30 percent. You might say, oh, it's not worth the work because we're only at 30%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Any final thoughts on uh, this this book? Uh, no, I loved it. Raquel? I loved it. I mean, if, if anything, I would just say, if, if you started reading Christina Lauren with the standalones, give the series a chance. Go back to read Beautiful Bastard, Beautiful Player, and all the beautifuls and the Wild Season series. And if you stop reading Christina Lauren after the series because these are not spicy enough, also give them a chance. I think they're great. They're great at what they do. And, and you know, it's always fun to see that what they come up with for their next book. Yeah, Definitely. it seems like it's just um, 
you just need to go into the series and then these standalones with like different expectations and just kind of think of them as two different I mean they are two different authors because they're two different people but think of them as two different entities that are writing different things I would say but um yeah I loved it I I thought the premise was so interesting I loved him loved her too but he the things like I said out of his mouth were just ridiculous um okay So those are our thoughts and some of your thoughts on The Soulmate Equation by Christina Lauren. We would love to hear from you on our Facebook page, our Goodreads group, our Twitter, our Facebook group, which is Not Your Mom's Facebook group, our Twitter and Instagram, which are both at Not Your Mom's Rom, or you can read, or you can email us, sorry, at NotYourMom'sRomanceBookClub at gmail.com. So if you want to read along with us and email us with your thoughts, or if you would like to just a book for us to read, we'd love to hear from you. On August 2nd, I can't believe it's already August, we'll be discussing Love at First by Kate Claiborne. But for now, we're going to take a break to get to know Raquel better. And when we come back, we'll be revealing a couple more categories in the No Yomo Beginner's Guide to Reading Romance. So stay with us for all of that good stuff. It's time for a break. It's time for a break. The break is when we do the news and mail and get to know Raquel better. <laughs> use this break segment Does this to my your ca- own discretion. Don't you? <laughs> That's my catch-all. Um, so today we're going to do the new lyric, the new break lyric of getting to know Raquel better. Um, typically when we have guests on the show, I asked them some questions about their history with reading romance, um, and that's all I do for a second part, but today we're going to do like a three-parter, so we're going to take this second part to get to know Raquel a little bit better. So first of all, Raquel, tell the good people a little bit about yourself as comfortable as you are, you know, what you do, where you are, that kind of stuff. Sure. Well, um, I just turned 35. I'm soon starting my own spinster sitting club, loosely inspired yes. by the, what is it, like the longest book name ever? Nine, Eight, nine, nine rules. rules to Rake. Yeah, when Nine Rules to Break When Romancing a Rake. Um, I live in El Salvador. That's two countries below Mexico. That, that's the easiest way to find it on the map. <laughs> it's a very small country. I watch a ton of TV. I love Marvel movies. I love to travel, and of course, because of the pandemic, I had to stop. Haven't got to do uh, that. Yeah. And I travel by myself most of the time, like 95% of the time, which always raises eyebrows because it's, for some reason, I think it's still weird to hear of women traveling alone. But I'm still hopeful that by the time I turn 40, I will have visited one country in each continent. So fingers crossed for that. Raquel, are you like my El Salvadorian doppelganger? Like, because that's what Ellen wants to do. Too. <laughs> There's, I mean, you watch a lot of TV. Yeah. Uh, she loves Marvel movies. Yeah, we're both in the spinster club together. Um, I also, that's like my bucket list is to visit each continent. Um, you should come on a trip with Ellen and I because we have to be each other's travel buddies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, but now that I'm stuck at home, I'm just you know I've come to really enjoy puzzles and. That includes 3D puzzles, so that's like the old lady in me. Um, yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Raquel, yeah, you really are like 
my El Salvadorian doppelganger, because also puzzles. We also love puzzles. We also love puzzles. <laughs> um, okay. What was your gateway drug into reading romance? Are you a lifelonger? What What was your your book that got you in? Yeah. Well, it's it's an interesting story. I think my history with romance dates back to these really old fashion magazines that my mom used to buy that were popular in Latin America. They were called they were called vanidades or vanities. So they used to include a romance novella in the back by a Spanish author called Corin Tellado. So I, I read somewhere that she wrote over 4,000 novels and novellas over the course of her career, like 50 years. And wow. I, I think some were even adopted like to, to telenovelas or soap operas. And I was 11 or 12 when I became interested in those. Uh, and I would occasionally read them depending on the plot. Um, so that's like an inside joke with my sister because uh, <laughs> eventually she also did that. Um, and fast forward, like when I was in college, I, I became obsessed with Jane Austen, all things Jane Austen, mm-hmm. starting with Pride and Prejudice. Um, and well, I, I, I also had a twilight phase, which I'm not necessarily Listen, proud of, but it was. We've all know, done it. it. We, we all had that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but otherwise she wouldn't have made so much money. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and it wasn't until 2013 that I that I really discovered romance as a genre, and everyone Mm -hmm. was talking about Fifty Shades of Grey, which I never read, but it got me into browsing Kindle. Uh, So my gateway drug was actually Wallbanger by Alice Clayton and the beautiful series by Christina Lauren, and I was sort of an on and off romance reader until a couple of years ago when I, well, I have you guys to blame. I discovered the podcast and other Facebook groups. Oh. And so I became oh. a more avid romance reader. So yeah, that's yeah. my history with romance. Nice. Um, yeah. I, I, over here we have Cosmo and they would put, um, they would put, uh, like snippets from dirty novels in in the back of the magazine and i maybe read those younger than mom would like to know um, i'm more mad that you were buying cosmopolitan magazine as a kid i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> um so so i get that and um yeah that's i mean i i look at my jane austen also as a big part of my my gateway into romance um it's funny, though, that you're such Jane Austen, but then, like, historicals are not, like, yeah, your go-to. Because I feel like that's usually the correlation is, like, people who love Jane Austen are, like, historical fans. So, you're an enigma. You're so <laughs> unique, Raquel. Um, what is your favorite, like, what's a genre that, oh, no, what's your favorite book, romance or otherwise? Hmm. I'm going to stick with romance, but I'm going to say authors instead of books okay. i really like That's christina fine. lauren i like penny reed too uh rosie dannon is quickly becoming a favorite like 100 percent nps because i loved both of her books and sally thorne and if i had to choose a book like the first that comes to mind is persuasion by jane austen and you know there's just something Same about person. wentworth's letter so yeah 
Oh my gosh. Yes. And honestly, that's okay. So we are getting, cause I also, if like gun to my head, I'm being told to pick like a favorite book of all time. I will go with persuasion as well. And, um, but I'm, so we have two new adaptations of persuasion coming out soon, which I'm both like elated for and also slightly dreading because I've, we've never gotten like a good adaptation of persuasion and I like the 1995 one. I don't know how familiar you are, but the older one better does the letter, but the newer one, he's hotter, but they totally butcher the letter. And the letter at the end of Persuasion is everything. That is the best scene ever. And so the fact that they like completely ruined that will forever piss me off to no end. So... I'm really hopeful for our new Persuasion adaptations, and I hope they can get, I hope one of them can get that right, can get that letter, that letter right, because it's so good when he covertly, like, gives her the letter. Ugh, I love it. Um, but yeah, I love that book, too. Um, okay, do you have a favorite genre besides romance that you like to dip your foot into? Hmm... Like a favorite per se, I don't think so. Um, but I, I've come to like memoirs slash autobiographies a bit. The last non-romance book I read was The Ride of a, Light of a Lifetime by Bob Iger, the former CEO of Disney. So I kind of oh. dig that. That's cool. Um, yeah, I, I like to read. I've read like Tina Fey's and things like that. So, But I, I generally go for like the funny ones for the autobiographies just because that's what I'm into. Um, what's your favorite romance subgenre? Um, I like mostly contemporary so, and rom-coms. I love rom-coms. Yeah. Those are, those are, those are a good one. I mean, we, we both started at historicals, but I definitely read more contemporaries. I don't, with podcasts and otherwise, I would guess, I would say. Well, the podcasts usually, they, you guys want us to read more contemporaries, so we end up reading a lot more contemporaries than historical. Yeah, but even on my own, I generally tend to go to the contemporaries more nowadays. Um, what are your favorite, what are some of your favorite tropes in, in the romance genre? I'm a sucker for opposites attract and for enemies to lovers. So yeah, those yeah. are, that's my crack. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a, I mean, it's classic for a reason, right? I mean... It, and it all started with Jane Austen with that Pride and Prejudice, you know. Um, what would you, so this is kind of in keeping with our next segment, but what would you recommend to someone you are trying to get into romance? Hmm, okay. So, two things. The first is to lose the shame. Like, more often than not, you will find someone who has the exact recommendation for what you're looking for. And this is the embarrassing story for my sister, but I remember when I was new to the Facebook group, your your favorite Facebook group, and I asked for a cowboy story and ended uh -huh. up reading Long Heart Ride by Lorelai James, which is so not oh. mom friendly. Uh, but I no, it is it. not. <laughs> and I, I would have never found it otherwise, so... You know, and, and that brings my second recommendation, which is to find yourself a community, you know, whether it's a podcast or a, you know, a private Facebook group or Reddit or now TikTok, like just find 
um, a community that you can be a part of that will, you know, un- they, I think it enhances the overall experience because mm-hmm. first of all, you'll be more encouraged to explore the genre. Like you will learn about the cowboys and the paranormal and the aliens and the um, rugby players and whatever floats your boat. Uh, but it also gives you great recommendations for diversity, representation, great new mm-hmm. authors to read. So those would be my two recommendations. I, yeah, I that's I love that answer. And it's so true. Like, and honestly, I I tried for so long. I was like, I need somebody in my life to get into romance. Like, what the heck? And um, just because I yeah, I wanted to talk about this thing that I love so much um, with someone. So, you know, I finally got this one to, uh, come over to the dark side, but yes. And I totally agree with community just because, um, I think for any, anything that you get into, it's nice to have other people that you can bounce ideas off of. And, you know, we're lucky with the internet that, I mean, we're, that you can do that so easily with people all over the world, like we were talking about before we started recording. Um, and I, yeah, I've, I've loved the group for that. I mean, I also go to the group all the time where I'm like, I want this, or I need a good audiobook, or I need a good this recommendation. And, you know, it's, and you get a plethora. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It makes it fun. Yeah. Um, you kind of already answered the your some of your favorite authors, um, and you so. But I'm gonna, I because I meant to ask you about this. So you've read the Intimacy Experiment by Rosie Dannon. Yes. And it was a win. Yes. Okay. Cool. Book boyfriend right, of the good. year competitor. Yes. Oh. <gasps> okay. Cool. I know. I it's killing me to have not read it yet. Because it's on our list for right now, right? Yeah. And I'm and oh that's right because we're gonna have her on we're trying to get her to yeah come on. I think I think Rosie's gonna come on again and and talk to us um but I love to hear people like I don't know it's just it's fun to see her doing so well um okay and then what got you started listening to us um I think it was actually the Unhoneymooners by Christina Lauren because I oh. finished the book and I had absolutely no one to talk about the book with. <laughs> Um, so I, I already listened to some other podcasts and it crossed my mind like, Hey, maybe there's a podcast about romance novels. And I think that's where I found you guys. And yeah. So you see, it's history. The rest is history. And it, it just like the group, I think, and the podcast just made me feel that I, I was not alone, just as you said, (laughs) uh, because aside from my sister, who's, I dare to say an occasional romance reader, and she's going to hate me for saying that. Uh, I really don't know anybody else who wants to read these books. I mean, and you have to take into consideration the the language barrier. I think romance would be much more popular if you would find uh, more books being translated into multiple languages. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. that's that's how I found you, and you've become part of my routine, and I... uh, and and I think this is true for many of your listeners, but to me, it's like I I suffer greatly from the Sunday scaries and Monday in general. But it's okay, so it's Monday, so at least I'm gonna listen to the podcast and everything's Aww. gonna be slightly better. <laughs> but yeah, Aww. I love that. 
Um, and that's that's a new one. I feel like every I feel like everybody we've talked to has found us through Penny Reed. So it's it's fun to hear that you found us through a different book. But I I generally think that's how people is like. I want to look up this book. And also, we're talking about communities. I think romance is such, like, a particular one to find a community with because of the, like, taboo nature of it that um, it's it's a good one to find, like, an online community for because I think people can be a little less guarded in talking about, you know, these kind of sexy smexy books a little bit more and... um, yeah, so. Well, I was just sitting on an airplane for multiple hours. And on my Kindle, I have to have my print kind of large because I can't see. And um, I'm always worried that someone's going to be reading over my shoulder. And for the most part, I don't care. But then there's some parts of the books where I'm like, I really hope this guy sitting next to me is not reading over my shoulder. <laughs> or maybe he, you know, it's like, yeah, take a peek, right? Good stuff. <laughs> Um, what is a book that you would like to see us do on the show that we haven't done? I would say almost any book from the hot list you pulled for the beginner's guide just to listen to mom speak about it. But I know it would be (laughs) awkward for you, Ellen. So, um, it would be awkward for you, Ellen. (laughs) I found this, um, and this is going to make me sound very old, but I just, created a TikTok account a couple of weeks ago to watch the freaking book talks. And I Mm -hmm. saw this book called The Spanish Love Deception, which is by a Spanish author, but it's in English. So I think that would be interesting because we we always talk about representation. And I'm just wondering if, um, can we tell if it's different because this is not her native language will it be slightly different from what we get from american or canadian authors so that would be cool and the, the cover looks really cute uh, so yeah okay. that would be nice to read yeah, i like that as an idea mom wrote it down i wrote it down um, and it's an enemies to lovers slash fake relationship so i think a lot of people would like oh it my gosh yeah i mean that's check check right yeah seriously um okay yeah those are those are all good um, I, anything else that you wanted to add, Raquel? I don't want to cut you off. And um, I think I would just like to say thank you for doing the podcast every week. I think <laughs> oh. you, you ladies are very reliable uh, because it does become a habit for many listeners. And, and I imagine it takes some work uh, that we don't get to it see does. aside from reading the book it's... and... She does all the work. I only read a book. Yeah, that's true. She Ellen does, does all only the work. read a book. <laughs> um, and Raquel, speaking of doppelganger, um, I've also because I read all these books this week, and I was like, I need a way to like express myself that's not on the podcast. And I was thinking about starting a TikTok account and doing that, but then I was watching some of these like book talks, and I'm like, I am not like young or hip enough to like. Because I, I think I'm going to make a TikTok that is just kind of mocking some of the book talks. I can't do it. But they're all, like, cool, funky music over some girl, like, making faces about, like, hmm, do I like this book? Oh, yes, I do. I don't know. They're always, like, yeah, and modeling books. And uh, I was just cracking up watching all these, like, you know. You don't want my face on your TikTok? No, I don't. <laughs> but... 
yeah, but some of them were cracking me up, and um, I was like, I don't know, I would be a very different flavor on the book talk community than these like cute little twenty somethings or even like teen somethings um, talking about books. But anyway, you should do a poll um, and ask your fans if they want to watch a um, Ellen and Mom book talk. Ellen and Mom. Ellen and Mom. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> I'll think about it. <laughs> um, well, Raquel, that, that was very sweet of you to say. And um, we love doing it most of the time. <laughs> no, we, we do. Um, and it is a lot of work, but it, it's fun. And that's why we keep doing it is because we just love talking to all of you guys and getting to know people in, you know, all over the world um who also love romance that's it's like i said i that's like my favorite part of this is the community and things like that yes, so definitely um okay so that's getting to know raquel and that's it for this break segment it was an extra special break segment extra special um and so we will see you for the next break segment when i sing a the theme song again and maybe it will have new words Again, oh. we'll see. I don't know. See All you. Right. Bye. Welcome back. So today we are going to continue with our No Yoma Beginner's Guide to Reading Romance um, with special guest Raquel. Uh, as a reminder, a while ago, I was prompting the Facebook group with scenarios where a non-romance reader comes seeking a specific type of romance book, such as your mom's friend asking for a mystery. Ma- I just like to say that each time because it pissed mom off when I said that. Yeah, it's like <laughs> only old ladies read mystery. I don't think so. Not only, but, you know, it's stereotypically old ladies read mysteries. Um, or your church friend asking for a clean romance, which I use the term clean and then I got some feedback that I shouldn't use that term, that it should be like um, no steam or fade to black. I think fade to black is a little, uh... Well, there's a difference between fade to black and low steam. Yeah. But, and I, I, I will concur with the arguments that were made that it kind of, um, makes it seem like the other ones are dirty and therefore (laughs) inappropriate or, you know, like not, or, you know, lesser than, um, so, but I, I haven't found a term that like sticks with me. For um, I'll have to work on that one. Yeah, the the low heat, I guess, is what 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 I can say. Anyway, um, so we're going to name some of our picks for these categories, and then read um some of the groups. And I'm really deferring to the groups on these on these uh topics because while I have read some um for these categories, these are kind of my lesser less experience with some of these categories, I will say. I'm not like an expert on some of these categories, is what I will say. And here's my problem. Not that I'm an expert on any of them. I have read some, but I I never remember authors' names. You don't. Um, (laughs) Okay, so first up, our scene is this. You're eating lunch in the break room at work when your coworker strikes up some conversation. The coworker says, you like those love story books, right? Well, don't tell anyone, but I actually loved Twilight. I was team Edward all the way. How about you? Never mind. Not important. But that here, are there some books that are like that with vampires and werewolves and stuff? And it's okay if it's a little less PG than Twilight. So I left that to you guys as to what um, 
the picks would be. My picks for this would be the Stay a Spell series by Juliet Cross, which I have been loving, but that is obviously not PG because Nico with the dirty mouth is <laughs> a naughty, well, it naughty said it boy. could be less PG. Yeah, I know. Um, and then also less than PG is the Immortals After Dark series by Cressley Cole. Which I can't um, read. You can't read it. <laughs> maybe I'll, Maybe that would be a good one, a good hot one to let you read. They, they are involved, though. <laughs> Have you read any of that series, Raquel? No, but I, I think I'll give um, Juliet Cross a chance. Oh, you haven't, oh, read, you those? haven't read that one? No, okay. I haven't. They're really, they're really fun. And those are really, especially because um, they're a lot more fun and not like super broody. And they're kind of ro- even rom-com-y. I mean, yeah. you, you could say. Yeah. So I think... And so I would go, the stay a spell is really good for, like, gateway paranormal, I would yeah. say. Because it's it's not so, like, heavy, world-building heavy and things like that. It's um, kind of sticks more with the familiar. Um, but it's also really funny and fun and cute and, and hot, apparently. <laughs> That's a thing. Um, what would you guys go on the paranormal route, any? Well, I'm trying to think what ones we've read. I really liked the, gosh dang, I'm not going to remember any of these. Um, what was the one where she was a, a cat of some kind? She was like a shifter into, and she lived in like a trailer home near. Oh. The, oh. Was it Alana, Andrew, Alana Andrews? I'm not remembering the name right. Um, I don't remember. We read it for the book, for the yes, podcast? Yes, we, we read the first one for the podcast, and then I read a whole bunch in the rest of oh, the series. Oh, yes. Um, no, it's Patricia Briggs. Is it? No, it's not Patricia Briggs. I don't remember. I'll look it up. I'm um, looking these up. Okay, Raquel. So there's those. I really like those. Any any paranormals that? No, I have zero recommendations. I was going to say, it doesn't sound like this is your, your go-to. Um, I would definitely recommend Stay a Spell. It's, they're a lot of fun. I... We really like those a lot. Um, Alicia says the Fever series by Karen Marie Moning, which uh, Monig, I I'm not sure how to say her last name, um, but I've heard that that series is really good and that I should try it. Melissa says the Night Huntress series by Janine Frost, which I've read the first book of that. Um, Katrina says Katie Wilde's High Moon series, which is Western meets werewolves. Okay, color me intrigued. Jessica Godzilla's Seven Sins MC, which is Demon Bikers. Okay. Uh, JT Geisinger, the Night Prowlers series. Um, We've liked JT Geisinger. Samantha Whiskey, the Onyx Assassins. And Alona Andrews, the Hidden Legacy is what she said. Alona Andrews, but I'm not positive. Let me me keep going. Um, Sarah says the... Argonau series by Lindsay Sands uh, and Women of the Other World series by Kelly Armstrong. Uh, Savannah echoes the Fever series by Karen Marie Monig and Suki Stackhouse series, which you know is known to be True Blood. Um, that's what True Blood was adapted from. Uh, and I can't think of the author for the Suki Stackhouse right now. Okay. Oh, Charlene Harris is. It's the Kate Daniel series by Alona Andrews. Oh, okay. and it was 
magic does something. Magic bites. Magic bites. Okay. Yeah. That was the first book. Yeah. Um, Savannah also says maybe even Mary Gentry series by Laurel K. Hammond, but that's pretty intense sexy times. Okay. Well, what was, yeah. So that, that comes. and the Mercy Thompson series by Patricia Briggs. I knew that. that Those was, are both good. Yeah. Um, Sarah, a different Sarah. No, Deanna first says phenomenal fate series by Tessa Bailey. I didn't know Tessa Bailey did. I didn't either. A paranormal. Did not know that. Um, and then the Stay a Spell series by Julia Cross. Uh, Sarah says Jennifer L. Armentrout's Covenant and Titan series are fun takes on vampires and Greek gods. Her Lux series is Aliens, but those are more YA new adult. Um, I actually read the Lux series and it, it was good. And, you know, I'm not, I read it more when I was new adult aged, but um, I liked it. Deborah Harkness's A Discovery of Witches has it all, except aliens, lol, and is a contemporary historical combo. I read the first Discovery of Witches book. Um, and then she says, and despite the terrible movie adaptation, the Vampire Academy series was really good, too. Um, I haven't read that one. Also, our dark our lover. Our dark lover, which was by <laughs> J.R. Ward. some of our most fun interactions between yeah. Ellen and I. But, um, yeah, The Dark Lovers by J.R. Ward. We, I read into that series. I didn't finish yeah. it because I think there's a gazillion of them. There are a gazillion of them. I'm pretty sure she's, like, still writing them, and there's, like, 20 of them. Uh, Catherine says Molly Harper. Any of her paranormal books would be yes. a great entry to romance. I read some Molly Harper Molly Harper. I've read books. a couple as well. Um, Megan says, uh, I loved the Midnight Breeze series by Lara Adrian and of course, Immortals After Dark by Cressley Cole. If you're feeling more adventurous, yes. Um, and Megan mentioned herself. Megan, I have to give Megan a shout out because, um, she's been posting during the beginner's guide, her shelves. She has this Goodreads account where she's like shelved all of her books into this multitude of of shelves like she's got a shelf for every trope every like heat level all this stuff and so actually i went on to megan's shelf to find some book recommendations and so megan i've been snooping on your on your shelves girl which sounds like an innuendo but um <laughs> hey <-o. laughs> um you know, you can snoop on my shelves anytime. That sounds... Yeah, and Carolyn Sparks is another one. Uh, yeah, Karen says Love at Stake series by Carolyn Sparks. Karen, a but, different Karen. But the Carolyn Sparks I read was not that. Was different. Yeah. And that the Carolyn Sparks that we've read is more the fantasy, fantasy. that we're going to get into. Um, a different Karen says the Mercy Thompson series by Patricia Briggs, maybe. Not sure if it really counts as romance. Really depends on the type of the tone you like. Juliet Cross's Wolf Gone Wild is much lighter, I think, but I always find these series kind of get darker as they go. Um, R Ruthie says the Alona Andrews Kate Daniels series, my Magic Bite series, is excellent. So there you go. Ruthie would have helped us eventually. Maybe some J.R. Ward Black Dagger Brotherhood. Very not PG. Yes, yes. Very not PG. That's where we talked about tasting like peaches. Um, <laughs> and honestly, I would send them off to read some Twilight fan fiction, and then that's a whole new can of worms. <laughs> Raquel, did you read any Twilight fan fiction in your Twilight phase? No, I'm afraid I didn't. I think I did. 
You think, would. I think I might have. I was really, I was in the fan fiction realm at that time. Back then. At that point in my life. Um, and then finally Kate says, the Crescent City series by Sarah J. Moss might be a little hard to get into because the beginning is very world building, but it has mystery, romance, urban fantasy, angels, witches, vampires, mermaids, werewolves, and an enemies to lovers arc. What else could you want? I can't think of anything. You just literally named everything, Kate. What did I read by Sarah J. Moss? Because I don't she's think she's read... done the. She did the uh, the Court of Thorns and Roses oh, there you go. series. So there's. Um, additionally, I would recommend the Psy Changeling series by Nalini Singh and From Blood and Ash by J. L. Jennifer L. Armentrout is also a good pick. Yes, we've read. We've also liked that. Okay, next scene. In the middle of you trying to convince your friend that she should give romance a try because there is a romance book for everyone out there, your friend says, okay, don't tell anyone, but I actually really like fantasy and sci-fi books, stuff like Game of Thrones or The Matrix if it were a book. Are you trying to tell me that there's a romance novel based on that kind of stuff? What? Yes. Yeah, obviously. There's a romance for everything, friend. Um, okay, so my picks for this would be The Kill the Queen by Jennifer I Estep. Love those. Which we loved. Um, and the Salok Chronicles that I just read by Amy Harmon. Um, well, and the Court of Thorn and Roses and the Blood and Ash series that I thought was done, but is not. Rude. Um, <laughs> any other fantasy sci-fi? Raquel, is this, is this a thing that you've read any of? No, I think I, I'm, I'm flunking here, you ladies. Ice, Ice Planet Barbarians. Ice Planet Barbarians. <laughs> That, I mean, listen, um, it's a thing. It's, it's, a, it's a thing. And, and sci-fi fantasy. We read, uh, Ellen's we re read more of them. I read more of them. We read one for, um. We did a podcast. We did a podcast for the Ice Planet. It's the Ice Planet podcast where she just reads that series. And so she had us on an episode to read one of those books. It was a spicy little book. It's. Spicy little books. Some spicy little aliens. <laughs> not, they're not little. <laughs> oh, they're not. They're, they're big. They're very large. So, so, so they say. And in charge. <laughs> and they're like genetically created to give pleasure to human women, apparently. All men should be. Yeah, they should. Yeah, what the heck? Where our genetics are really lacking. Have you read any of those, Raquel? No, I haven't. And, and... They're insane. They're, I mean, they're, they're bonkers. They're a roller coaster ride, to be sure. But like, the aliens have like a thing on their on the tail pelvis. No, on their pelvis oh, that oh, like right. rubs against the woman's clitoris. Like it's specifically they're specifically built <laughs> for women's pleasure. Yeah, it's crazy it's for a... Earth women's pleasure. Weirdly enough, yeah, it's it, that's it's a it's a it's a funny series. Um, okay, so let's hear from some other people. Jennifer says Polaris Rising by Jesse Mihalik. Uh, I bought this not realizing it was a sci-fi romance. And for the first few, few pages, I was like, why is this guy's body described in such detail? <laughs> but I enjoyed it. Definite slow burn. I'm also a suckle, sucker for noble houses at war, but in space. Jennifer, that is quite the description of that book. I love it. Uh, Tiernan says A Court of Thorn and Roses series and the Outlander series. Yeah, yeah, I suppose that would be kind of like time travel-y would fit in that section. Um, Natalie says, oh, definitely the A Gathering of Dragons series by Milla Vane for the Game of Thrones fans. I've also heard that that is yeah. where you should go. 
Uh, Katrina says, T.H. White's Firebird Chronicles are terrific. All her books are good reading. Rachel Bach's Paradox Trilogy is twisty and dark with a wonderful slow burn romance. Also, Linnea Sinclair's space opera books are romantic and action-packed. My favorite fantasy romances, but there's a lot more going on, are Lois McMaster's Boojold's Curse of Kalyan, <laughs> Paladine of Souls, and The Hallowed Hunt. That's, I hope I got all those words, at least in the ballpark. Set in the same world, but standalone. She is an astonishingly good writer. Um, Megan said, this is Jason's favorite, you know, subcategory, singular male listener Jason, a sorceress of his own by Diane Duvall. We read that. We did read that. Yeah. Um, I also loved Bound to Battle God by Ruby Dixon, who is the Ice Planet author. Wrote the Ice Planet. Uprooted by Naomi Novik, The Bird and the Sword Chronicles by Amy Harmon, and the Wraith Kings and Fallen Empire series by Grace Draven. Um, now that bird and, st- and sword series. I haven't read that one. But that's the one Penny recommended to yeah, us to read. Yeah, Penny Reed did recommend that one to us because, you know, we just have conversations with yeah, Penny Reed all the time. Yeah, we were chatting with her when we had breakfast together. <laughs> um, Ruthie says, I'm not sure where these go, but they are definitely sci-fi, but not Game of Thrones style fantasy. I have a few favorite books by Arlie Smith, specifically The Last Hour of Gan, where our heroine lands on another planet. Also, I love End of the World with some zombies thrown in. My favorite series maybe of all time is by Sarah Lyons Fleming. Not 100% HEA for everyone if you read the whole series. It's called Until the End of the World. Her second series is more romance, and it's all the stars in the sky. Tracy Ward has a few series in the same genre called Until the End and Writing in the Wall. Uh, Kate says One Last Stop would be her pick. I'm not sure who that one's by. Hey, um, so which one would, like, the Sundown Motel book that I read with the ghosts in it, would that be? Probably paranormal, paranormal. or mystery, I don't know, maybe. And um, the Windsor House. I don't know, I haven't read them. Oh. No, the one, am I, I, I got the wrong name. The, uh, uh, the Widow of Rose. The Widow, Widow of Rose, Rose House. House. Um, I think that would be historical or maybe mystery or paranormal. I guess it could fit in any of those. Olivia said, I recommend the Godwick series by Tiffany Rice. There is definitely a fantasy element to them, but beware because they're really hot and steamy. Oh, what do you say, Olivia? (laughs) Uh, The first book is great if you're into art history. The second book, if you like Greek mythology. And the third, if you like it with a femdom and male sub. Okay, Olivia. There you go. Olivia's bringing <laughs> bringing the heat. Um, okay, and then our final scene for today. You're at a lady's luncheon with your mom and all her friends. Your mom brought up that you read those silly little romance novels. Your mom's friend. I'll only read something if there is mystery or some suspense. Give me a Grisham or an Agatha Christie any day. I don't care if it is historical or present day, but it's got to have mystery to keep my attention. So what would you recommend to your mom's friend? Raquel, do you have mystery suspense experience? Um, would the Solving for Pi series by Penny Reed count as a mystery? Yeah, yeah. for sure. I think, like, yeah, cozy mysteries are definitely in this yeah. genre. But you would definitely appreciate that more if you'd read the first books. So that would be yeah, so you'd definitely be- tied to another series. Yes. Um. Yeah. Are you asking me? 
Sure, even though you're going to steal all the ones that I have written down because you're looking at my screen right now. I'm not because I can't read that far. Okay. Um, my Sebastian St. Cyr series, which I'm a diehard. I talk about all the time, but I love it. Um, by C.S. Harris. Uh, I think there's... Is there romance in those? Yes. Okay. Especially in the first few. Okay. And then their romance, like they end up getting married. And yeah. Then there's no romance after people get married. <laughs> the romance. The romance the dies. Romance dies. <laughs> no, it's, it's, he's, they're still very dishy. I mean, he's very dishy with her. Anyway. Um, and then, uh, well, my curious beginnings. Oh, by Deanna Rayborn. By Deanna Rayborn. Um, she, Deanna Rayborn has several different series. Um, I can't remember the names of all of them, but, um, she does really good mystery writing. Um, I have Riley Thorne. Riley Thorne is excellent. Yeah. And that could also fit in the paranormal. Yep. Because she's got all that she's going psychic. on. Yeah. yeah. But I, I think I would just put it more in mystery. It is more in mystery. Um, I thought the Victorian Rebels series by Kerrigan Byrne, that mm-hmm. has like a pretty good mystery, mystery subplot. Throughout. Um, Whiteout by Adriana Anders is very like of more of the suspense side. Um, and that one just reads like an action movie with some sex in it. Yeah. Um, and then I thought of the Maiden Lane series by Elizabeth Hoyt, which also had a lot of like mystery, mystery plots. Going through it. Yeah. That was a fun series. Yeah. Um, I would definitely say that Kerrigan Byrne that I just read about the business of blood. Right. I think that's what it's called. And um, another one that I thought there were more books out already and there right. aren't. <laughs> so I'm waiting for more to come out. But uh, that was a really good mystery, uh, kind of around the time of Jack the Ripper killings. Um, but that was really good. Um, Amy says, April White's Cypher Security Series. Um, have you read that one, Raquel? It's no. like in the Smarty Pants. Yeah, I know uh, I know the book, but I haven't read it. Yeah. We read those. Yeah, those are, those are fun. Uh, she says, Camilla Monk's Spotless Series. Absolutely. Uh, Julie Garwood's Buchanan Renard series, and then Elizabeth Lowell's Donovan series. Sarah says the Lady Sherlock series by Sherry Thomas. I would like to read that. Yeah. Uh, Natalie says the Witness by Nora Roberts, or so the good. Obsession, that or the so Search, good. which I think are all kind of. Well, and the J.D. Robb books I was reading were good. Yeah, too. I think somebody mentions the J.D. Robb books. Uh, Catherine says Dial A for Aunties by Jesse Q. Santo Satano. Um, and Riley Thorne and the Dead Guy Next Door by Lucy Score, obviously. For a reverse recommendation, if a romance reader wants to get into mysteries, Hollywood Homicide by Kelly Garrett is the ticket. Yeah. Um, Heather says, anything Susan Stoker writes has a little suspense. Sarah says, Verity by Colleen Hoover, which th- she, Colleen Hoover is like a huge blind spot in my, people like love her and I've never read a single book of hers. Have you read anything by her, Raquel? Uh, yes. Um, at the beginning of my romance journey, I, I read one, Colleen Hoover, but I thought it was, I mean, I was hooked, but looking back, it was like, there was too much angst for me. I read, yeah. wow. I don't even remember the name of the book, but it was like 80 years ago. That's the vibe I get is they're very angsty and I'm sometimes in an angsty mood, but that's not always like my go-to that I seek out, I guess I'll say. Um, Emma says the Devil You Know series by Kerrigan Byrne all have a subplot where they're trying to find a bad guy, which I think That's qualifies. 
Um, Beth says Julianne Walker's Black Knights Ink series or Lynn Ray Harris's Hot series. I'm assuming that that is also hot, as in it has hot stuff going on. Um, Karen says Rosalind James has her Sinful Montana and Paradise Idaho series. Uh, Sinful Montana and Paradise Idaho. I think one is three books and one is four. More romantic suspense than mystery. This category is hard. Catherine Bybee's First Wives series also has that suspense element. Um, Katrina says Catherine Nolan writes good romantic suspense, as does Ivy Lane. My go-to is old school Mary Stewart, who is such a lo lovely writer, or Susanna Kersley. Add to them Elizabeth Peters' Vicky Bliss series. Her Night to Train Memphis is one of my all-time favorite books. If you can resist a mysterious but charming jewel thief, a Nile cruise Egyptology, an evil billionaire, a beautiful psychopath, a romantic psychopath, a daring cross-country pursuit, an Amazonian heroine, and country music, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I used to read Mary Stewart all the time when I was in high school. So she's been around a while. <laughs> yeah, I should say so. Yeah, um, watch it. <laughs> Jessica says, I liked White Out by Adriana Anders. That was good. Um, and then finally, Ruthie says, Mia Sheridan's Where the Truth Live and Where the Blame Lies. These were excellent and they follow each other, but not ending in a cliffhanger. It's always important in a mystery <laughs> suspense. And then Nora, she says, Nora Roberts, J.D. Robb, Naked in Death. Um which we got used to that when I started. Um, this is the thing with you guys with doing this is that I always learn that I am in no way an expert in any category because that's why we turn to you. Yeah, and kind of what to what Raquel was saying earlier is having the community to bounce because it's such like romance is so. I'm always amazed at how like broad and huge it is. There's so many books, and anytime I think like, oh yeah, I'm. I'm a romance expert, and then you guys come out with this, like, oh, this series by this person, and I'm like, I've never even heard of this person. <laughs> um, so well, it's always fascinating to me where people look at romance and they say, oh, you know, romance books, whatever. But it's just such a broad yeah. brush to say I hate all romance when you it's like. Do you know how many different genres are covered by romance? I mean, that yeah. just, to say you hate romance seems, you know, yeah, just seems like a ridiculous statement. It's true. Um, so that I think should do it. We only have two more episodes of the Naomi Beginner's Guide. Um, we've got diverse two more episodes or two more two more episodes. Four with four more categories. Okay. We have diverse stories coming up, um, LGBTQ plus stories, need a good cry stories, and funny stories. So stay with us to hear some of those categories. Um, Raquel, thank you so much for joining us for this very long extra and then like behind the scenes drama and problems that <laughs> I was on the struggle bus with. Um, but thanks so much for joining us. It was so fun to like get to chat with you. Yeah, it was fun to meet you ladies. Yeah, likewise. Um, and it's always fun for us to like get to put faces to names that we see all the time on the Facebook group. And, you know, you've been lingering for, for a good long while, you and your sister. So um, it's fun, fun to get to chat with you. It is fun. So thanks so much for joining us. Again, if you would like to join us on 
uh, August 2nd for Love at First by Kate Claiborne. Uh, you can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever your favorite podcasts are sold for free. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at NotYourMomsRom or on Facebook or Goodreads or email us at NotYourMomsRomanceBookClub at gmail.com. Don't forget to leave a review because it helps the show and we just love to read them. All right. Thanks, Mom. You're welcome, Ellen. But more importantly, thank you, Raquel. You're welcome, Ellen. Way more important than Mom. <laughs> yes. All right. Bye. 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 Not Your Mom's Romance Book Club is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. You can find more outstanding podcasts to subscribe to at frolic.media slash podcasts.